So we're delighted to have Chris McClure. To the listeners who are ignorant, he's the guy on the cover of the Arctic Monkeys album. But to people with a soul and heart, some of the most authentic comedy writers in the fucking country right now. Chris McClure, thanks for coming on to the Mike Lanton show. Thank you for asking me. The sinking sound of despair The smell of dread in the air I'm head to toe in my own fear I'm going to die and I need to cry uh, Steve Bracken, I've seen it. It's on YouTube. I think you have six episodes up. Well, there's numerous. There's like two minute twenty clips on his Twitter. Yeah, but they're fucking hilarious. Where did you get the concept of being a football manager who's quite clearly trying to make up for his inadequacies in life through making boozed up cokeheads beat other boozed up cokeheads at a game that involves kicking a ball into a net? Because amateur football coaching is one of the funniest industries in the world, I believe. Which makes you wonder why no one's made a comedy about it. And uh, I, I, it's all linked, actually. Essentially, me and my brother have... I've always been a bit of a... I'd like, I'm, I like to be the centre of attention, you know. And Did the pair of you like to be the centre of attention? Yeah, in his own way. What, was there only two of you in the family? Yeah, me and our kid, our John, yeah. So why did you both strive for attention so much? My mum were in a, an old-fashioned, like, 60s band called... the I think they were called the Scorpios or Scorpions. Silver Black kind of job. That sort of, yeah, you know, classic working man's club sort of turn world. And uh, there were always music in the house. And what the father do? He were a nurse. They've always worked in public service. How did he pull her? Uh, if in she a club, a- in a nightclub. In, I think it were Crazy Daisy, which I think... I'll get pulled up on this, but I think it's the same club where the Human League pulled the two girls from obscurity and okay. said, do you want to be in a band that will take on fucking world? Do you know what I mean? But my mum didn't take on world. She just took on me and our kid. My brother's four years older than me. Well, as a younger brother, it's like... There's always that, like, I've done it before, you think. So you can never do anything new. And he showed you everything that you considered cool, so we kind of owned... Your identity, in a way. Uh, yeah. The reason you like music, the reason you like Wednesday is because the brother told you this is the way to be socially accepted. Yeah, which is a good thing because I know kids who've like got no siblings and you know they got lost in it. Like they're listening to well, the change of Limp the mind Biscuit, every day. You know, they're listening to Limp Biscuit where we've got First Roses album on at fifteen. It's it changes course. Of the lone life. sibling is a it's a curse. I grew up with a guy, great creative mind. Someone wearing chinos I was walking down Waterloo Road the other day. It's not funny, Chris. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> but a lot of your problem was the reference of big character he's in town. If there's no John McClure, there's no Arctic Monkeys. Let's let's not get that misunderstood here. Uh, probably not in its form that as we know it. No, I think you were a big, big character in that early scene. So yeah. how would you kind of in in the gaff growing up? Did these battles for attention work? Would you be punching the? Well, heads put, off I'll tell other? you a story, and whether our kid likes me telling this or not is another matter. But I'm going to tell it, and. Uh, Everyone had the main road VHS Oasis homecoming gig. It were like, yeah. you know, everyone had it. Were they just open with the instrumental? Oh, they open with two B sides. Yeah. yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, we would recreate that in his front room. And this is kind of what it's like to be a younger brother. And it's like, right, do you want to do it? Yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. So I go upstairs and put like a Puma tracksuit on, thinking because I didn't have a number one, and thinking, you know, we're going to be Oasis. Do you have a tambourine? Something that resembled one. Not an actual tambourine, but some of the, you know, fairy liquid bottle. Yeah. And uh, and obviously you'd say, like, right, who, who, who am I being? Am I better being Liam because I'm younger one? 
And you, to which your brother would reply, uh, no, no, what I'm thinking is because we're starting with acquiesce and I've got like a better voice, I'll do older brother bit and Noel and then I, 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 but I'll do Liam's bit and all. And So what, you'll be bonehead. You know, no disrespect for Bonehead, he's a top man. And you manifested Bonehead. Yeah, yeah. Barnet wise. Yeah, yeah. Probably I've still lost there with yeah. a full head of hair. And uh, and he's still there with head of hair. But um, so, you know, you'd. It were like 20 minutes spent pretending to play rhythm guitar, which is not the most exhilarating. Yeah, why did you and John McClurin ever get together musically? I were never inclined. I just never felt. But you were involved in that band that were semi serious in the late noughties. Yeah, but to me, that's a dark time, you know. I don't, I don't look... I, do you know what, weirdly, I was listening to it the other day on Spotify in a narcissistic way. I was listening to it today on Spotify. It's not the worst music ever. No, it's in not. Fact, it's, it's actually, quite good. Yeah, it's quite good. But do you feel it's a dark time because do you think you got to the position of being like... Well, every review, every every time it was mentioned where Kid Off front cover at Mods Monk's album's got a band and you can't get away from that. And my behaviour live... And around the band was apparently, very erratic. Apparently, you were doing weird shit on stage. Yeah, we'd. I'd like. I were angry at that point in my life. I were angry about numerous things, and I felt resentful about a lot of deep shit. I'd what were you angry about? The fact that you were at the epicenter of this kind of Sheffield creative scene, and that suddenly you're being accused of just being a poster. Do you not think it's kind of beautiful from a legacy point of view that when it's all said and done, the imagery actually matters more? When you think about like Sergeant Pepper or Revolver. You'll always be the face of the Sheffield creative era. In 40 years, your face still stands up. So in a way, you are the centre. Even though if you feel your output wasn't as good as it could have been, your face is the Mona Lisa of the Sheffield creative scene. I think what I felt at that time, and I wasn't correcting what I was thinking. I'm not saying I was justified in what I was thinking, but I'll tell you the truth, what my mindset were at that period. So we're talking like between 2010 to 2015 is... I'd seen all what had gone on in Sheffield with music scene. I'd seen what had happened, and I'd been involved directly. I were at the epicenter of it, and then I'd seen like a wave of people come into the city centre and almost capitalise on it. And uh, and these people were making money, quite rightly, you know, they were clever in how they did it, and they were, and all these people in Sheffield were kind of seen as this like centre of England. For it sounds mad saying that now, but it were a cool place to be. And I saw all these people going like, "When the fuck did you turn up?" Who invited you? Like, you weren't even fucking there. And this is me just being twisted and fucked up, you know. But, um, and then I'm, but then running parallel to that, I'm expected to have this conversation about this band and this album and this record and this time every single day. And I'm fucking minus two grand in my bank. And I've got to fucking get up for work. And I've got to do all and all this stuff. Well, that what's the story with the payment of being the cover of an album that sells millions of uh, numbers? It was, which I'm co- completely comfortable with. Was it was we're going to give you seven hundred and fifty pounds payment straight for, up for the image? Yeah, no royalties or no. Nah, and which is quite right, you know. I only sat on a stool. It could have been anybody, but I think like I actually read this other day, and I, well, not other day, last year, but. I'm probably the only person who has an element of sympathy for what this guy was saying, but you know the baby on Nirvana, never mind. With his dick out. Uh, yeah, and the gun he, and the money. But he went way too kind of, he was nearly accusing him of paedophilia. He Were took it? the wrong approach. Right, well, I don't want to... It was a bit like that. I was an overly exposed child, my dick's out in an album, and they're, and they're selling yeah, it. that's a weird, that's probably a lawyer. But you get what he's saying. I understand what he said. Into, I mean, no, 
it's different. My mate, the my mates, and now we're eighteen. They had capacity to make that decision. Do you know what I mean? What was the process? You, you went to a boozer in Liverpool. They gave you money. You arrived pissed. It says you're not drunk enough. And then you had to actually be pissed to take the photo. That's why it's so good. Which shows they're ahead of their time in terms yeah. of just a creativity level. Everything had to be authentic. We, I mean, everything felt natural and real. And there was everything. And the people, you know, I'm talking to the people. You guys got into it. Give me a bass drum. <laughs> and uh, and they wanted it authentic, everything authentic. We, I grew very close to Andy, and I were close to Alex. I were very close to Andy, though, in a very intense way. Like we were deep, deep friends at that point. We want your eyes genuinely glazing over, and they took a photo of you at three or four in the morning when you can't stand. You puked in oh, between I shots. That. I genuinely, and I'm not trying to romanticise this, genuinely thought I'm... But how did they have the ability to attract the type of producers of photography that knew that they needed you genuinely locked? You see a lot of bands going, we need an album cover, get our mate locked, he comes in, he acts it. But when you weren't locked enough, they said, fuck off and come back genuinely Yeah, drunk. I think it's They're all They're great about- marketers, the Arctic Monkeys. Who's the business mind behind those guns? It's like a synergy between elders... Well, this is my experience hanging around with band in early days. Is it's a synergy between Elders and uh, Alex, the drummer and the singer. Had some sort of like we know what's cool and we know what's not cool, and definitely Andy at that time. Like we do it on our. It, or it were always we're Arctic Monkeys and it's on our and it's on our terms. What made the Arctic Monkeys go global? Was it songwriting ability or songs was it? first and foremost? You think, the be- you think they're a better band than the Reverend and the Makers? I think the the songs. I think maybe if actually, like in hindsight, listening to a question I've never been asked, but I suppose in hindsight, I could pick out songs in my brother's back catalog and go, "That is incredible songwriting up there with Alex." I'm thinking like our time for French Kiss and the Chaos, our time for Dreamers, that sort of stuff. And my brother's got like I could put a best of of both songwriters, and I think they'd be level pegging. But yeah, that that first flow of song were just so universal and so of its time and I remember it were it was concept orientated gear. Like who who's covered a weekend better than that first oh, album? Well it were gonna be called a weekend wave. It were gonna be called a weekend yeah, wave. Yeah, you, you just become a nineteen year old who's going through the struggles of rejection, alcohol use. There's very few things in life, art forms or something creative where you can show someone something or play someone something and you know within seconds it's gonna go straight to their art and tech and change their lives. When did they first play to you? Like, what was the first Arctic Monkeys tune you ever heard? Oh, like, not very good songs. I mean, probably better than any I could write. But even though, but I remember the first ever gig, which you'd think like fucking eight thousand were at, but there were about thirty people in the room realistically in a pub called Grapes. Let's say five, six years ago. It's late in the night. We're all there. You feel isolated. You're overly boozing. Fuck it. Let's get a bag down. We hate ourselves. We are pathetic. Do you ever drop the... I know you say you didn't leap in the face of the album. Do you ever go, I'm guy off album cover. I know the nah. monkeys. At your lowest. Have you said it? I've said Five it. Five to six. It, yeah, but this is this was the old problem. This was the old issue that I had because... Like, it's one of them, do I mention it? Do I got myself tired and not... I had a conversation about that record every single day of my life. For What's s- that like? When it's kind of nothing in a way got to do with you? In many ways, listen, man, I met some amazing people and got into some amazing parties. and I'd, My 20s were wild because of it. But there's a downside to it and you can never move on from it. And 
you have to learn to level with it. And and I'll tell How you, how many times have you gotten a photo on someone's phone where they've made you smoke a cigarette? I always refuse to do that. Have you ever done it though? Once in well, Spain, she was well, she was Swedish because she would, yeah, yeah, beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll go on then. Um, but no, it's a serious conversation. Like joking aside, it were like. I did need it bringing up now and again at me lowest because I needed my ego stroking. I needed to feel like I, I need to feel loved, you know. And that would like plug something in me to go, you're all right, Chris. People know who you are. It's fucking egotistical bullshit. But I would need that to like, but on the other hand, I would hate it. Just shut up. Shut up about it. Don't mention it. And when I, the I, second album came out, were you ever going, why not me again? I'll put on a fucking Zambrero this time. Nah, because I was still milking first. <laughs> Maybe yeah, before. The, fir- the first is known as, it's still nearly known as their best record. Yeah, it's the, cl- it's the one that will define that time, I think. And I think that, did, on, when I went, when I got help for me boozing. What do you mean by help for the boozing? Through a what f- was wrong with the boozing? Once I pop, I'm the Pringle drinker. Once I pop, I don't stop. So if me and you go out for a pint now, and you know you have two pints, say it's been great to meet you, Chris. Like I'm going back to the hotel. I'm at uh, that's like hell. What you is mean? that what alcoholism is? I, I would say. It's well, a, then I'm one. Well, I'm not one. I'm not here to define whether you're alcoholic or not. But, but how do you know you're an alcoholic and when you just don't like a good time? Because you're charismatic, you're I a company, and no, when there's a social lubricant, you just want more. Of I it. have no power. Alcohol has complete. Power I don't buy that. Me. You've definitely met a boring cunt in the last ten years that you thought would be a good time. You met him for two drinks. You go, "Fuck, I'm not arsed with this guy. Yeah. He's talking nonsense." And you've gone home. <laughs> yeah. Fucking rare. It's rare, rare that I'd. Hey, go to mates. Go to really? mates. Really? Yeah, yeah. You still mates would, with them now? Nah. Did you turn your back on a lot of people since yeah. you've gone sober? I don't need you. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> like. You know, I don't. Why am I here? Why, why? Why am I speaking to you? When when you get that first pint and she comes out to just take an ashtray off a bench, and you're a bit paranoid that she's closing, that's alcoholism. <laughs> Petrified. I'm an alcoholic. No, I don't know. No, I think I am. Are you saying that I'm keeping company? But got a minute. No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. I don't drink with anyone and anyone who just would drink at my level. And if you didn't drink at my level, I didn't. I didn't. I'd always been searching for like a feeling of peace and contentment, not in a nippy way, just like I'm happy to be sat here and I'm fine. I feel like that now. I'd always been searching for that. The only time I truly felt that was when I left my friends and got in a black cab and had a bottle of whiskey and whatever else I had. Oh, you're doing this shit on your own. That's the best. And when the taxi, and I knew that no one would, I weren't going back to anyone in the house. I were on my own. It's like that was when I felt peace and contentment going right. Now, I can, I, can, I remember I, I, I ran a pub. It was a proper boozer. And an old couple used to come in on a Saturday night, traditional couple, he would dress smart suit. She had, she were glamorous. Like they come out a proper, what I would class as a traditional Sheffield couple, probably in every working class city. And he'd order a pint of beer and she would order a brandy and like ginger, something classy. And I remember they used to have three pints. She'd have two brandy and gingers, and then she'd have a lemonade every single Saturday. And they would they would socialise and then go home. And I, I, I remember looking at them behind the bar and thinking, what's the secret to them? What? How can they do that? What? And I remember, this is what a fucking strange question to ask a customer. I went up to him and said, what do you do when you go home, Ted? 
And he went... Um, was she wanks as limp dick? No, no, come on, we can't talk like this about this couple like that. What, what if that? you knew him, you can't say that. <laughs> but, no, he said, I go, he's, bear in mind he's like 80. Uh, That's what I'm saying, limp. Well, not, yeah. Nothing really happens, but he gets the, he gets the ego massage. Off he said... still glamorous. He said, Pamel met me a sandwich and a bit of pork pie and I have a whiskey like that in a top and then I'd suck that and I'd go to bed. And I thought, that sounds like fucking peaceful and cool. And what what age was she? Like 75. But the, the point of me, me telling you this story is that I tried it. I had a couple few pints. I tried the tot of whiskey and I fucking drank the bottle. That's what happens when I drink. And I was found unconscious on the floor. That's alcoholism. And I would lie about me drinking and I would make sure that when I went into people's spirits cupboards I would not just cane one of the spirits and make sure they were all balanced so they gradually went down together it's sort of that sort of behaviour and I'd lie and I'd exaggerate and I'd act out you know fucking hell it's all there why do you think you were an alcoholic? that is the eternal question and that's what I asked myself for years why is it because you it? think your life was taken off you by being the face of something no, and then not being that part of that was just part of it that was part of it that's just my personal part of it. Um, I think that I probably subscribe to the fact, whether it's right or wrong is not really the point. If I just, so I can square it off in my head, I think I was born like it. I'm not, no. We got, I don't want to go into a nurture-nature debate, but in order for me to recover, I had to believe that. But I do it with everything. I do it with food. If, it, if me and you have a meal and the food comes out to the table, I'm looking, is that big enough to fill me up? Because that's not big enough, that's not going to fill me up. So how do you stay in shape then at 37? You look great. <sighs> well, no ale helps and keep on move, you know. I don't know, I've got fucking bad, bad for sweet stuff. Anyway, but like the more and the, is it going to satisfy me? Is, is it going to give me what I need? That's all wrapped up in it. But the booze just had a different level of control over me. And what about the drugs? I work, so I've got to be careful what I say, but um, things happen, and there was some form of recreation to it. Cocaine culture is absolutely rampant. Oh, it's out of control. But it's much more, we all know it is. It's, it, this isn't news. Well, we don't talk about but it, But it's though. much more, because I think people want it to continue, and I think we're afraid that if we start talking about cocaine, it might end. But essentially every person in the fucking world is on cocaine if they drink more than twice a week. Essentially, I want to. This is and going back to the Steve Bracknell thing, which is in development. Like, and what I'm trying to tell is a story about what's actually going on with men between the age of 17 and fucking hell. How hard do you want to go 50 and rest? Like, men, although that's just a men, what's going on with us? Because we're not, we're, and not in a fucking men need to talk kind of way, yeah. you know. What, fucking blokes are going out and secretly gambling secretly going to brothels secretly snorting coke was gambling ever a pr problem for you? yeah I used to yeah, if, that, if that gave me a fix I'd have a gamble yeah not in a way that like I had to I knew that I needed like but you name it, it, had it I had it just a live horse or just an, an accumulator what do you do Oh, I'd bet on two cockroaches crawling on oh. the floor if they were. If, if I'm in right mindset, but not now. I don't like. But that's what those it. online gambling cultures target. Well, it's it? it's the gambling's culture. the. If I I'd love a stat on what percentage of bets are made coked. You, you mentioned brothels as well. They are a secret demon that society denies. You know, so no one talks about but what it. you what you find with the prostitute use is, no one comes clean over that. How about all the gambling? 
the gambling they kind of do because they win the odd time. You can't come out of a browser going, she fucking loved me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're she right. was in some... It is the gambling you, you have to explore at the other time, but the prostitution. There's a reason the industry is as big as it ever but it's fucking funny, was. Like, Loaded Brazilians walking around laughing at people. You just you they'll send you a link to their OnlyFans after they do. Yeah, you mentioned drugs, and obviously my reaction was obviously you have to be you have to be I have to be mindful of what I do for work and blah blah blah. blah. But like, therein lies the problem. Yeah. I'd love to write a book, and because I'm not writing a book unless I tell the absolute honest truth of oh. everything. But if I can't, it has, if I do, it has serious implications on my life going forward. What so do you mean by work, though? What, what, I'm an occupational therapist. You know, when you, I don't know, Joe Bloggs from Dark Road, who's a, whatever he does for work, like, he's encouraged to keep it quiet. We need to change it. And, you know, I'm not the figurehead for that, or I don't know how it looks, but it's all right saying it. How do we do it? You know, we live in a society that we're pretending it doesn't have not just a problem, but it's it commonly, it commonly used little white bag. Everyone knows that it comes in a little plastic thing. You get it off a guy. You go into a toilet. You use a key or a coin. You put it up your nose and you start giving a shit about whether Djokovic will beat Alcaraz in Flushing Meadows. And you start talking absolute nonsense, but false confidence that makes you believe that your life's okay, even though it clearly isn't. That's why you're doing it. And we all battle on, take the skag, move on. Don't talk to each other between Monday and Thursday and do the same thing the next weekend. And that's what society is founded on. And these are the people that are voting for politicians. And these are the people that are putting things into reality. But for some reason, because it's illegal, we have to pretend that that doesn't happen and we all live our lives. It's the same. I had to think about it heavily when, we, when, when I did stop drinking. Like It's that balance of one fucking hell you don't want to preach. That's, that's There's so not. many people I've met who've told me they've stopped drinking, but I actually believe it means I've stopped doing cocaine. Because they come hand in hand. Drinking's well, bad. Drinking's bad, but it does. It's the warm-up back. I know plenty of alcoholics who've never touched a drop of snow, though. Old school. Old school guys. And women. Yeah. But any guys you meet from the new age... Um, yeah. I'm, a lot of the problem is that I need I need stop getting the bag down. Because they wake up and their neurology is fucked. Their cellular formation and their brain's telling them things that they don't want to hear. They have a headache, they have a blocked nose, they're dehydrated, they have anxiety. And they quit the coke, and then they're kind of so weak that they have to quit the gargle to quit the coke, because you become a first pinter. The minute you get yeah, the sip, the only way I'm meeting you, the only way I can stay a lad's mate with you, the only way I can stay in this fantasy football league, is if we're getting class A cocaine down. Because the cocaine will give me the ability to not hate myself for listening to your shit. And it will give me the ability to give a shit if you Captain Matty Cash last week. Give me the ability to not grow and move on. But let's never mention cocaine because it's not legal. Because we've attached a law to it. And in 10 years, maybe they will sit down on leather couches and talk about the fact that cocaine ruins society. But now we have to stay on alcohol. But we both know. You only, have to, you only have to go cocaine. to a football away match to know what's going on. You know, I'll spend 20 minutes in an away end and go, fucking hell, tell me there ain't a problem. These kids like, and the, and and what's going to happen is, or is happening, or has happened, is they're waking up in the fucking early 40s going, fucking hell, what and you know what's strange? You see that uh, so-and-so engaged in making a monkey sign in the crowd, or uh, a fan ran onto the pitch. No one ever announces cocaine addict runs onto pitch. They're kind of separated because football knows that it's reliant 
on cocaine for its audience, as well as gambling. We sack Ivan Tony. Well, the gambling. We sack Joey Barton, but around the stand. For the sponsored 12 by out of 20 teams are sponsored by gambling companies, yet we're sacking players for putting a bet on a first yeah, goal score. The hypocrisy of it has just got beyond belief. And cocaine awareness will never be touched by the Premier League, because in order to touch it and actually do something, they have to admit that a lot of their away market is completely surrounded and functioned by cocaine use. Yes. That's what it is. The only way you can show, we all ate late scum, we all, you're 40, son, and you're on coke. That's why you're shouting at a roof and an away end, not eating your chips fully, saying you hate lead scum. I think I always you're on white. like, especially recently, like, I went to see it, there's a guy from Liverpool called uh, Roy, PJ's real name, but Roy, he goes under the stage name of Roy, he tells stories on stage, he's unbelievable. And I, w- I went to watch him in Salford last week and they said to him, what inspires you? And he nailed it, he just said, Broken men. I see so many broken men. Not just I'm not just talking about the drug use here. I'm talking about just men who are broken, and I, and it definitely does inspire me to go like, we need to fucking. I need to either write about it or do something to get this out of me to try and not try and help or fucking save. You can't say. It. Do you know what I mean? Look, but like the comedy thing will attack that hopefully head on. Because it's the right arena to do it. A Sunday league football team about a middle-aged man who's having a meltdown and that's, he's full of regret and he's managing the people we've just been discussing is the perfect vehicle to attack that gambling, coke use, that banter, bullshit attitude. But is it going to be bold enough for that? It's going to have to be. It's going to have to be. Because if it's not, then you've completely punctured the project. It has to be so... Honest, and I think we're in a place where we can pitch it as that. And if we get it right, then it might actually make people wake up and go, do you know what? They're on about me. Sports is something that we need, in a way, growing up, especially in our era, because it teaches a camaraderie, and it teaches you the ability to kind of not take a back step. But you look at these guys, we're 36. You're still kicking a ball into a net. There's something beautiful about it, but I mean, is that... Is that what yeah, makes you feel better walking true. home? Winning? We got a point more than them? Yeah. You feel good about that? And that's probably the same reason why he's constantly in a battle with, I can't love my wife or my girlfriend. I'm just paranoid about whether or not she loves me. And I'm so sure that she's fucking me over because I can't accept love. And that's why I'm kicking points as opposed to getting to know her. That I'll cheat on her. I'll get my retaliation in first. And that's what cheating essentially is. You're paranoid. You're paranoid that she's doing the same thing. You're paranoid that she can't accept you for who you are. And that's a continuation of that male insecurity that involves coke, gambling, drink. Yeah, it's all wrapped up. It's about, like, it's emotional maturity, I suppose, isn't it? How do you get, like, I don't feel like I really, from, I think I stopped fucking developing my emotions when I was about 17 and uh, didn't really pick them back up till about four years ago. You know, like, I used to, because really, what I only, what I really wanted in life as a teenager was to be educated, obviously. Seat world for a small amount of time. Party for a small amount of time and then meet a nurse or an hairdresser called fucking Sarah. Oh, do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, get that deposit down. That I'll... I'll and have the baby, have a nice holiday. But what happened in my scenario is, and I think this is linked, that like 
one, I wasn't capable of doing that emotionally or I weren't mature enough to get my head around that. And two, my uncle passed away when I was 18. He committed suicide and he was a month away from retiring. He had house paid off, car, wife, son's 18. Everything, you know, the fucking end, the last fucking chapter of your life's going to be whatever you want it to be, mate. And and, And that fucking hurt. On one hand, and on the on the and the other thing it did was make me kick back from what I've just described, what I want. I thought, I thought that's fucking fit. Well, what what's the point if you get to this point in your life where you've got all that and you're still fucking can't you're still fucking down in dumps and you're miserable and you're fucked and you what is the point? So why not just think fuck it and see where it ends up and it didn't end up in a good fucking good place, you know. And now I've come out of that period, I'm like, Whew. I didn't wake up and think I want, I need to, I want to stop. I woke up and thought... You said four years ago you were just a continuation of Chris McClure, the guy off the album, who was just going with the fucking times of lad culture. What what happened in your life that made you go, you know what, fuck it, I need to actually develop some kind of sense of self here? I'd been on another binge. I were. I'd just got the opportunity to study again, which were a gift. My employer were going to pay me to go through and get a ther- this occupational therapy degree. And this were always like a new start. Because it were always like, when that happens, I'll be all right. When that happens, I'll be all right. When this happens, I'll be all right. When I get that, I'll be all right. And you're always based in Sheffield throughout all of this. Uh, Manchester sh- for a period, and then a very easy time in London for a short period. And you're period. just rolling from fake friend to fake friend. Fake friend. I'm just jumping just from being, job to job, yeah. trying to scrape money, just... Blowing money, uh, blowing. And kind of been musically linked the whole time. Mu- that can monkeys, keep your kind monkeys, of social. Monkeys, monkeys. Yeah. Uh, oh, what shall I do? What? When does my life start? It's like fucking. Doo, 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 doo. And I'm like, I can't. And you know, just dodgy character after dodgy character. And then I went on another binge. I started uni on the Monday, and on the th- Friday morning, I walked into the university drunk, and I knew. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know that it was the end because what I didn't want to st- my drinking stop. I wanted the consequences of my drinking stop. And yet, I were here, I were again in a relationship with someone saying, "You're done. You're out. I don't need you." My brother saying, "You'll never see your nephews again." My mum once again crying in the corner, and that's not enough. If that ain't enough, for, I was born with morals. To see my mum crushed on the kitchen floor, if that's not enough for me to stop drinking, then there is an issue with alcohol in my life. And I was taken to a place to get help. And as soon as I sat with another alcoholic, everything fucking changed. Everything fucking changed. I was like, you can't say that. That that level of truth we've just been on about was spoken. This is how I really think and feel. And I can't tell the person outside that I feel like this because one, they don't understand and two, that will be judged and fucking... I'll lose my job and I fucking, you know, there's a, there's a level of honesty that I think me and you can get to. And then there's another level. Say exactly what's on, like, I'm trying to think of an example. Let me think of an example. There was a. I'll, I'll be careful what I say. There were a scenario where someone I knew was in a very poorly situation. Immediately needed paramedics, 
and I was informed of the situation and my instant reaction was fucking sound. I've got house to myself tonight. That might seem a very weird example, but that is the level. I can't, that's my first reaction to someone who was very poorly, paramedic rounded, and I'm thinking, fucking hell, I can stretch my legs to watch Champions League. And that's fine, as long, now, as long as I tell someone that's how my mind works. Do you think I'm weird for thinking, no, nah, no, nah, I always think shit like that. Don't worry about it. I'm sober when I'm thinking this. I'm like, you're sober. Like, essentially at the root of it, and probably for most people, like, my first thought is what the fuck's in it for me? What the fuck? And I, and I can display all this openness of like, oh, I'm a, and I am caring at the heart of it. Of course I am, but really... I, you know, I'm, having, I'm I'm about to have a child in two months, and it crosses my mind that's going to block me from doing this, that, that, you know, and that makes me think like, am I a cruel person? And, and when that, when them thoughts are not addressed over a substantial period of time, you start to feel different and secretive and odd and weird and dark and sinister, and it's just a fucking tunnel, tunnel, tunnel. I have to be able to go into a fucking place or a room or speak to someone and go, look, this is what I think, you know. Don't get and my, my, the person I speak to a lot says, don't give me that fucking. I want the truth. It's hard to tell the truth on a really deep level, because in, in it, and, and we don't do it because it protects us a lot of time from confrontation, I suppose. The truth, the actual truth, you know, when you. So when you go to a Wednesday game, for example, and you're in that stand, and you're coming back from 4-0 down the first leg, are you telling the truth of the cunts around you? Football is just a numbing fucking agent, really. It's just like, for what a lot of people do, and there's no wrong with that, like, for two hours, I don't have to fucking think about the fact that me and Bill's gone up. I can just, con I just want that piece of leather to hit that net, and then I can kiss my brother or my cousin in a way that and I think a lot of blokes do this like we definitely use football as a way of like showing his emotions yeah. because we struggle to in other ways there's definitely some of that hug each other in the stand yeah yeah if I kiss you now Just, you'll know yeah. I love you because yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I can't tell you when I'm walking down and we'll keep four. it there and even when we're getting a beer after the match it's about the goal it's yeah yeah it's not moment. about the fact that you remember when I kissed you on head I meant it you know yeah you know, I can't tell you in aisle four in Morrison's because he'll just <laughs> yeah. fucking, he'll just hit me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But when that ball is back at net and you manage to get it back from four all, oh, I'll kiss you like you've never been fucking kissed, mate. Did oh. you and your brother show love growing up or was it always the yeah. creative competitiveness? Was no, he no, it weren't. Like, we had, like, it got to a stage where, um, like, I were giving him music and all, like, because bands were coming out and it were my kind of thing. Four years is a long time back then in music, I suppose. So, like, you know, I'm giving him Liberty Ian's album and going, Strokes album, saying, listen to that. And it became a lot more democratic. And I think, like, because we were hanging around in quite creative circles, there were, like, a bond there. Like, sometimes it surprises me that not all siblings are as close. It really shocks me when people say, oh, yeah, I see my brother, like, once every six months, like, and I'm like, what? Do you not see him, like, three times a week? That's just what brothers do, innit? We're like incredibly close. That's cool. And uh but I have a misconception that everyone's like that. Why do you think you were like that though? Uh we were told like 
we I come from a very like families the family things like a big thing and from my mum's side definitely like my mum's one of seven is that kind of a northern English thing because you know the politics is against you yeah I think maybe it's a bit of like gang mentality like you stick together you're going to get fucked over so you rely on the neighbours and you rely on the last line of it it's blood and it's kind of a mafia it's us against the fucking government yeah yeah on some level probably like look after your own because they're not going to look after you I suppose there's some of that not in a it's not on the the forefront of your mind but I'm guessing there is that culture but it fucking breaks my heart what the fucking done to North or England and yeah, Ireland. Like, like you you're, you're talking about the I have more affinity, and I'm not just saying this. I have what people don't. The North of England has so much more affinity with Scots and the Irish and yeah, the Welsh, yeah. you know, like than I think maybe I don't know if, if the Scots, the Irish, or the Welsh understand that. Maybe, maybe they, I don't know if they just see us as English, but like from Nottingham upwards, like fucking t- cut, draw a line there for me and fucking leave me with you yeah and, and that's what I'm saying when you're talking about like this fear of narcissism because you'd rather a guy um, be taken off the paramedics so you could stretch your legs out and watch Champions League there's never not been a sense to you that the community comes first and you don't get that then set in London you don't get in these major cities that's full of selfishness and kind of just capitalistic growth there's never been a party in regards to how dark that you went that you didn't think that helping people was the maximum pleasure of life even when you were at your most selfish, would you have still understood that we are designed to give each other a helping hand or a fucking booster over the wall to get the fucking burst mitre? I do you know what? He's just told me Wednesday have scored in in and in, in cup and he's fucking when if Wednesday scored. Why are you giving people scores? <laughs> we're supposed to be professional here though. <laughs> what is what what is the score? Masaba. But if you don't beat Mansfield, you may as well forget it. Um, what I'm saying is this, at your darkest kind of fears that you might have been coming a bad person or narcissistic and rooting for the Champions League fucking outstretched feet as opposed to your mate's health, you still always knew that helping people or being communal was the maximum kind of gain in life. Yeah. And that's what they don't get down south. And that's what, regardless of what happens in Ireland, like, the only tragic moments in the history of the Irish state are the Civil War and the fucking Celtic Tiger. And both are two situations in which people are trying to buy and fight Ireland out of other Irish men's hands. It's when you turn on each other is the only moment of tragedy you get in the history of the This is what country. upsets me about this like culture that we're on about in a way stands and this cocaine culture and like is the ability to turn on each other and this like but that's about learning about your history and where you came from and what you stood for and you know, like I don't I feel very isolated sometimes. I'm part of that culture. I belong in that away end in my art. And I belong in that, like, I find, a f- I feel like I'm part of that. But, you know, I fucking voted for Jeremy Corbyn. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And there's a, it's changing. It's changing. Like, youth, youth culture in this country is fucking changing. And I don't necessarily think it's for the fucking better. Are you still wanking? Uh, I've been known to. I'm wanking once a day. Now, what I'm asking you is, is that a problem? I would not be qualified to comment on your masturbation. Would you still use pornography? Uh, I'm not against using it. Do you think it's abuse of women? I was watching a lady speak, actually, the other day about OnlyFans, saying that it's empowered a lot more women to control the content and make sure they're in charge of what they're doing. But 
I don't really fucking feel qualified to answer. But is it real control or is it just pretending they have control to continue the objectification of females in society? I don't know. They'll always... It's like something to be said for, like, it's the oldest fucking trading world, isn't it? I don't like... When you look at, like, the, the concept of being with a woman, is it more about emotional understanding or what what is it the what i truly didn't understand is and i've learned all a bit more and this sound does sound like get over yourself but like what it means to be in a relationship with a woman like a true like from an unselfish point of view like i have to check my thinking like what it all comes down to motive everything comes down to motive you can do what you want but what what are you doing it for and if you you know Oh, I, I I went and get a homeless guy 10 quid today and then I posted it on Twitter. Well, fucking... I'm going to call him out. David Baddiel did the racism documentary on Channel 4, which I've got no problem with. I'm not... That's his thing, whatever. Don't fucking... He went... Do you remember the pineapple head thing? Yeah. He went and said sorry to him on camera. That's not a fucking apology. Turn the fucking cameras off. Tell your crew to fuck off. Go and find... And don't let anyone know you've said fucking sorry. That's not an apology. And what are you apologising for, David? I'm probably just attacking Bedelia, but I was fucking disgusted by that. A sorry is, if I rob £40 off you, say you lent me 40 quid and I do a runner. It's not the 40 quid. Don't matter if it's £4 or £4 million. It's the fact that you showed trust in me and I abused that trust. So when I say sorry to you, I don't say, I'm sorry I need that 40 quid. That's so what it. we're saying is you have to know, essentially, with a woman what you're in it for. Because some people are in it for looks, some people are in it for stability, some people are in it even for she will support my sobriety and she'll know the new me. She will encourage the part of me that doesn't need substances. But is that even selfishness? Is that even using? <laughs> what I do find a lot and what I try to avoid is going like, you know... Last thing someone wants to hear from you, if they've seen your alcoholism and then you you go in to get help and then you come back and you say, like, look at me and everyone's saying, aren't you done well, aren't you amazing? It's like, yeah, you didn't fucking see him pissed up. I had to deal with all the shit. I remember my mate say, standing, standing over me and saying, you know, you are fucking hanging off a cliff. You are hanging. And, I didn't, I, and the problem was when I realised the extent, it was like, oh, shit, everyone else can see it. Oh, that's what you've been seeing for years. I, I'm sorry. I've just I'm a bit late to party. I'm How do you write the Bracknell episodes? Are you using scripts or do you just uh, tell you know, people? I have like a start. I have a scenario in my head. I have a start, uh, a starting point, and then an end point. And I, I've no no one in it. I made a point of not using any actors in it. How all. did you shoot that half time scene though? The iconic at this point. Just completely ad libbed it. Or the, like, they act or the. The no, they were all friends who were just... I just said, sit down, put a kit on, I'm going to do something. And then I had, like, a couple of lines, like, uh, get your arse and elbows out. It's up and down and bombing on. Is Armin Bin Laden, put a name on it. I had them sort of lines in back of my head, but then a lot of it were, like, freestyling almost. But then now in, I'm in development with it. Yeah, I've got to develop story and narrative to a point where... I've just got to make sure it don't come across as contrived, you know. It's all, in a way, though, it's all expression. Do you know what? And this is going to sound hippie. Um, I've just been on about that guy, who Mark, who runs Warp Films. This is England and all that. So yeah. He, he told me to go and have a sound bath. 
I thought, don't give me this new age hippie bollocks. Anyway, I said, listen, I'm open-minded, I'll go. And I went on my own. Anyway, I went with it, I'm open-minded, that's all you can be in it. So she kind of like, we drank this drink, cow cow, whatever it is. And when we laid down, she's doing this sound bath. And I don't know if I fell asleep and I was dreaming or whatever, but I felt this is going to sound absolute bonkers, but... I had I felt like I were in these woods and there were lights in this woods and it were like I was walking and it were real. I swear to God I were experiencing this and I thought this is fucking mad. It was like a semi-conscious state almost. What I imagine being hypnotized to be like. And at the end of it, I was I'm not honestly I'm Mister Literal, but I swear to God, I felt like I was being carried through to my own funeral. I I were in coffin. I were going through uh, doors into my own into my own. Uh, funeral in the crematorium and I felt oh it's one of the most peaceful I've ever felt and I, I and I was like what the fuck's going on here I kind of knew what was going on but I couldn't fucking really move her out and I'm like just go here it's alright and uh, she and I thought Fuck. and um, and after I was like well I don't really want to do that again but you know I weren't like running around the street going oh, I've had this experience I was just like do you know what I don't actually think I'm scared of death like I spent like how old's Earth? I don't know. Like, how old's the universe? Billions of years. I spent billions of years not being aware that I were here. If that's how... And I've got this little window opportunity, which has like been mega. For me, it's been mega, like with a few ups and downs. And if that ends tomorrow, and I'm back to pre-universe blackness, what I think... Probably we'll, more 66, you weren't there, kind of yeah, like, thing. Yeah, that's cool. I'm all right with that. If that feels quite peaceful in itself, I'm not, I don't tend to like... Worry about it. So Maybe if you don't that. fear death. How does negative emotion exist if you're constantly aware of the fact that you die fucking anyway? Why not just try and maximize this chemical experience? Because there's a level of I think you, then you get into like morality. It's what sets humans apart, surely. Like morality. But what, what's and kind of the point in morality anyway? <laughs> you and Hitler are the same when you're fucking staring at the nothing. It's gone. Brain, gone. Because I'm not Memory a religious person, and I respect whatever. Asteroid will hit it I'm anyway. not a religious person, but Ellis I am, Island will delete the files. I am a believer in that, you know, put good shit out. So we're, pick, we're picking world. and choosing. We're either pointless or not. <laughs> and if we're pointless, try your best not to make mistakes and hold on to morality, whatever way we see it. I mean, if me and you were around 120 years ago and a gay guy walked in here, we might be open-minded, but we'd still say, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Your arse yeah. stinks a dick. Yeah, yeah, And we'd both do it. We'd be homophobic 120 years ago. Well, so if you are on your own... What's and we the Verve song? Uh, you come in on your own and you leave. Is it not just all part of the fun? I can't subscribe to that. There is a level of... Uh, if life is life, then there's a certain quality to it. But we decide that. Yeah. We decide it based on the times. Mummification existed. Believing blacks don't go on the same bus existed. Do you think that you would have been Martin Luther King? Or would you not just present, yeah, black not on bus, we're writing songs. <laughs> Do you not think that you just would have been a normal white dude in the time? Is our morality not all just subject to what we've seen and what we've heard? Death is kind of, in a way, people view it as a dark topic. It is the most beautiful topic in the world. Well, it gives me quite, it gives me solace in the fact that it's the one thing that is inescapable for us all. That's what we all have in common. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, 
I'm not. I'm not going to start a cult here. Do you know? No, I mean? no, but, either. I'm saying it's very yeah, funny I that me and me and you are both going to die. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're both immensely pointless. Great common bond. You know? And look at our skin. Look at our mouths move. Look at all the shit yeah, we're yeah, saying. Yeah. But one day it is nothing. And I saw Chris Waddle strike the free kicking at Wembley against Sheffield United. Yeah. What the fucking chances are with I would be there at that time? You know. And um, even the fact that the clubs were invented off other humans who died years yeah, yeah, before yeah. that, and that he no. nearly won the league and cup double, but Arsenal got in the way. I'm not scared of death at all. I don't at this point in my life, at 37. I'm not scared of death. Um, I'm not saying I want it. If I have a pine, chances of me dying, it will ramp up again and escalate. And this time, you know, I got into some scrapes and that, and it might I might not be so lucky. So you know, say that. I don't fancy being like 90, 90 upwards. Like, how do you think you'd go out if you could bet on it? If there was odds, uh. I can see a slow... <laughs> I don't know why I'm answering this. I can see a slow deterioration over a matter of weeks. I suppose, like, if you could choose, do you want just, like, a... In, like, Marbella. Because so you think Not dying... Marbella. Why would I want to <laughs> die in Marbella? <laughs> the Gary Lineker's that. fucking That's brother. I just want the coke again. No, no, I want to no. go out in Marbella. Fuck it. No. Marbella, what the it fuck? Was, it was just the first place about? that came into my head that were warm. Yeah, somewhere warm. I don't know why I, I want warmth. I keep, I've got this infatuation with warmth now. It's easy for me to say at 37, like, I'm not scared of death. But maybe some old guy or old lass will be listening to me going, fucking wait till you're 70, you'll be fucking scared then. You know, maybe I'm not in a position to uh, yeah. to really... You're in quite a DIY phase that, like, putting together the table and having a kid. It's all yeah, been so your I, 10 years of... Of course new... I'm not scared of fucking dying. Yeah, you have a you new know? phase of importance coming ahead yeah, of you. That, I think that's what it is. And all, like, I have had, like, a, it's like a, mar- a part two... You know, I mean, it's like second season. I mean, I mean, do you know what it is? I'm doing them things that that guy across road did. I couldn't work out how he used to do them. How do you fucking just keeping up with the Joneses? Yeah, keeping up with the Joneses. And I, I never really fucking got it. Like, how do you look so smart in that jacket and it looks so clean? And I, I couldn't figure out how this shit worked. You know, and it's not becoming like at, the enemy. Everyweight champion at world, like lyrically, what my brother wrote is quite. It's almost saying that that's some world of failure to be to be like that. Like I don't want to, you know. He's saying I don't want to be like everyone else. And I used to have that sentiment, like "fuck that, that is boring." I've I've figured it's all right to be just fucking normal, you know. It's all right. Don't have to be. Nothing has to be that extreme in order to be happy. Is what I think. How would you define happy? being sat and present in the moment and not having to wish I were anywhere else or... You know the way you're talking about the 15 years whatever getting lost in the old kind of rock and roll dream? For the first five years of that, were you happy? And you just never advanced on it? Like yeah, when, probably. When you, yeah, when you were Chris yeah, McClure probably. off the album originally, your first five years were deadly. You were no, probably, yeah, it was mega. It yeah. was mega, yeah. I'd say, I'd say Sex came off the off been the cover of that album. Yeah, it all comes with the... Listen, I get like apps... I remember I would decorate house for the week and I come out of our own base with two tins of paint and I swear to God I fucking felt good, you know. I thought it were interesting what David Chase said on said this podcast because I did listen and when he were on about like don't give me empty statements like money money don't give you happiness. It I'd get it done to an extent, but it fucking helps. I'll have a good good, you know what I mean? I've never been rich. I'm willing to give that a try. Um 
but I can't. But this is back to what I'm saying. I can't turn around to someone and say, "Oh, oh, mate, I've just walked out of home base with two tins of paint, and I am honestly, man, I'm buzzing." Because they'll just go, "Yeah, yeah, what?" It's called being a person, Chris. But I can say that to someone who thinks and acts the same way as me because they kind of. But there's a reason you're writing Bracknell simultaneously because you view the two tins of home base as giving up. And when Bracknell takes over, it's scripts, it's writers' rooms, it's fucking direction, it's fucking I location so. scouting, and suddenly you don't give a shit about home base anymore. Well, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You give a shit about the second coming maybe of the guy really, in the album cover because yeah, maybe it's you really always want to be the guy who had something to say. You always want to be the individual. Yeah. And all these guys were going, "I'm so now. It's I, okay to be normal. It's just kind of quitting." It I just, just I spoke, I listened to an interview by Jason Williamson from Sleaford Mods the other week, and he were like, they were like, "What did you want to be when you when you were a teenager?" And he just went famous. What else would I want to be? And I thought, you that's that's the level of honesty I'm into. I just want to be famous. I don't want to be fucking. You know, that were it. And that, yeah, yeah, he saw that me sat here saying like, and I did feel good when I bought them two tins. But of you paint, still want to be famous. Yeah, yeah. Still, Why? But that, but I can't. Because there'll always be that. Uh, famous now was probably a cheap word in my 30s. I want to be creatively recognised, I suppose. But I've got to do the... You've got to, like, write and do the work for that. I'm, I'm on with it, but... But what is the, the reason driver. you want that? Because we started this with you saying about how you and your brother fought for attention. Because for years... What I is the need a, to I be... Were, for years, I were, in, I were in a very highly creative social circle with no creative output of my own which is a dark place to how be. bad was that when you saw the boys been world stars or oh, off. i remember being on a bus in sheffield bearing in mind i've been on tour i've been around and like my brother's in like holland monkeys are in japan my other best mate lewis he's in fucking italy and i'm on a 57 bus it's half seven in the morning and some guy's saying Ah, oh, you're a kid off album, aren't you? Oh, yes, I am, mate. And I'm as cold as you. You know, it does mash your nut up. Two pots of... Walking out of your own base with the two pots of pain and the drive to be recognised creatively are they're not two mutually exclusive things. I thought it were like, you have a fucking settle down, get a job and just fucking put your head down and that's it. You call full time on the... Whatever it is we're on about. But you can do both. You can be both. Like some of the most interesting, vibrant, creative people I've met, you know, don't do the most incredible things day to day. Were you an instrumentalist back in your day? No. I never had time on concentration for that. That's another thing, my concentration spans like. I've noticed things. I have to work under, like, intense pressure. I have to, like, if there's a deadline, if if you're telling me, Chris, I need that piece of work doing by Monday, I start at 6 o'clock Sunday. But, but, I'm learning that is not actually, like, a bad thing. I don't know why I beat myself up. It's just the way I fucking do stuff. Don't fucking terrorise yourself, Chris, you know. Chris McClure, um, it's been fascinating listening to your worldview. Um, it's been an honour to have you on the show thanks for having me it's very intense um, I love you God bless you <laughs> we're all related in a way <laughs> Chris I love you
And there we go. Thank you for tuning in. And my show. Fuck off. It's been how many years, my oh, boy? Audio books, David. You still don't know my tears of joy. No need to go, just take Radio it cast. slow. Podcast. And have you heard the Michael Anthony show? Makes me feel just fine. What's it makes me see the light. What about those tears? Tears, believe my eyes. How's it make you feel? 